I'm excited that you're here this morning uh, because I'll be honest with you, I am physically and mentally exhausted. Uh, Lynette can tell you that I've just kind of been in a daze since I, I got home, and I knew that would be the case after this trip, and so uh, I invited a good friend of mine to help me out this morning and share with you the Word of God. And I want to ask Brother Gary to come at this time. If you have not met Gary Tatum, I encourage you to do so. He and his wife, Jonita, attend our early service. They're very faithful. Uh, he retired as a Nazarene pastor uh, back in 2020, 2019 time frame. And uh, he's just a great man of God. God brought him and Jonita to this church for me and Lynette. They have been huge encouragers to us. Uh, they're continually uh, contacting us, telling us that they're praying for us. They bring us gifts. Uh, they find out we're going on a trip, and they bring us treats to take with us. And, and just, they're just a huge blessing to our family. And I believe that God brought them here specifically uh, so that they would minister to your pastor and to my family. And so... Gary and Jonita have become dear and close friends over the past few years, and something got overlooked during COVID at his retirement. We always recognize and honor our retirees in a special way, presenting them a plaque and making a big deal out of their retirement at District Assembly. But as many of you know, we didn't have a District Assembly uh, during COVID. We actually went a couple years there without a District Assembly. But I happen to know that there was a plaque that was made to commemorate and honor your retirement, brother. And I want to present that to you today, three years later. <laughs> All right? Three years later, but I want to read to you what it says to recognize your service. This plaque is from our board of general superintendents. It says, the board of general superintendents and your global Nazarene family celebrate your ministry to Christ and the church. You have served faithfully, effectively, and fulfilled God's call upon your life with grace and courage. Your church is grateful for your many sacrifices, and we trust that God's incomparable rewards will more than compensate for your selfless service. May Jesus Christ, the head of the church, continue to bless you and multiply your ministry in retirement. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate you. I appreciate that, Paul Paul. <laughs> I, I just uh, wasn't expecting that, but I appreciate it so much, and, and I appreciate all the good things that Pastor Steve said. You know, when you retire, you wonder... Where are you going to go? Where are you going to find a church? Uh, and we thought that when we got ready to retire. And someone said, uh, don't go to Greenbrier Church of the Nazarene. You won't like it. So, you know, I figured, well, if that's the case, we need to try it. So we came, and guess what? We didn't like it. We loved it. <laughs> oh, it was great. I tell you, we, it has been wonderful. We go to first service, but... We have enjoyed it so much, and, and I tell you, we are blessed here in this church to have Pastor Steve and Lynette and, oh, excuse me, Paul Paul. <laughs> we are so blessed to have them as leaders in our church and, and a great staff. 
here in this church. Let's just give them a big hand of applause this morning. Amen. So grateful for their service. You know, I, um, I heard about a lady who uh, moved across town in a large town, and uh, it was on a Saturday, and she had been busy putting everything back up to where she could find it. It was late when she got in bed, and she realized that she hadn't tried to find a church close where she was going to go. But she got up on Sunday morning, and it was late. She was tired. But she got in her vehicle, and she went out, and she saw a sign that said, Worship Service, 11 o'clock. It was already a little after 11, but she thought, you know, I'll just pull in here and uh, try this church. So she pulled in, she went in, and uh, she looked, and they had already started, and uh, the back pews were pretty much full, so it must have been a Nazarene church. Uh, but she found a place down maybe around the middle where there was no one sitting. She slipped in and sat down, and, and uh, the preacher got up to preach, and that day he was uh, maybe a little bit tired himself, and he got off in the woods and got to chasing rabbits, and she noticed that there was a man sitting on the other end of the pew, just one person there, and she noticed he was awful fidgety during the whole service, and it just went on and on and on, and she said, you know, I, when it's over, I'm going to go down and introduce myself to that man. So it ended. She went down and said, sir, I'm glad it's done. And he said, ma'am, I'm glad it's done also. <laughs> I hope that that's not the way that you feel this morning because we are so blessed to have Pastor Steve. He uh, presents the word of God and he does it with great presentation. And that is, makes it even better. But dads, fathers, God bless you on this special day. Joshua chapter 24 is where we're going this morning, and we'll be reading the 14th and the 15th verse. Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. Joshua said this, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. In the scripture that I read to you this morning, I, I want to give you just a little bit of background because, you see, Joshua was one of those 12 spies that came back with a good report and said, we should go into the land and take it, Joshua and Caleb. But you remember there were 10 others that said, no, we can't do that. Joshua and Caleb pleaded, if the Lord has given it to us, yes, we can do it. I wonder how many blessings we have missed because we fail to trust the Lord and believe Him. I would imagine that the list would be very long, but Joshua, 
When the older generation had died out, he took the children of Israel into the promised land, and now he was on up in years uh, when he made this address. And it might seem strange that he did so at this time, but you know what I believe? I believe that he was concerned about the nation of Israel. I believe that he was concerned about their commitment to whether or not they would faithfully serve the Lord their God and follow all of the precepts of the Lord as they had been instructed. You know what? I'm concerned about our nation today. I am concerned about America because it seems that we are rapidly moving away from God's way. We're rapidly following the way of this culture and instead of being a people that changes the culture that we live in, it seems like that we are adopting the culture. Folks, it's all right for change, but it's wrong to change God's Word to fit what you want your circumstances to be. I'm concerned about America. I'm concerned about a lot of things. I'm I'm concerned about our debt. They tell me that each individual taxpayer, <laughs> if we paid off our debt, would owe about $1.1 million. I don't know about you, but I don't have $1.1 million. But I'm more concerned about the fact that it seems that the church sometimes is beginning to fall into the category of that falling away. And someone might say, well, yes, but we're living in the last days and there's a great falling away. And I say, that may be so, I don't know. But I say this, if we are, it is extremely more important uh, that we turn our hearts uh, and our minds back to God. John Adams said this in one of his famous letters to Thomas Jefferson. He wrote, our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. <laughs> I say amen to that. This nation was made for a godly people because unless the Lord Jesus Christ sets you free, you're really not free. But when he sets you free, you are free indeed. God bless you fathers today. And I'm going to be talking a little bit using this scripture about how that I believe that it is time that fathers step forward in leading their family so that this nation that we live in can be healed. So goes the family, so goes the community. So goes the family, so goes the church. As so goes the family, so goes the government that we have. And fathers, 
you have been given the responsibility and the role of being leadership by God Almighty. Tough job. Someone might say, well, what about us ladies? Hey, God made you wonderful ladies as helpmates. Doesn't mean that we men can be boss over you, but it does mean that we are leaders for the betterment of the family. We're not bossiers, we're betterers if we're trusting God. I don't know if those words are in a dictionary, but it sounded good to me. <laughs> That's what you are, fathers. You are to be like Jesus Christ uh, who gave his life for the church that he might sanctify it and create a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. And that's what you as a leader need to be trying to do for your family. And that means you're not selfish. But you want the best. You know, <laughs> we jokingly say if mama's not happy, nobody's happy. Well, you know, in a Christian home, if mom ain't happy, we better be asking <laughs> what's going on so that we can make mama happy because maybe there's a problem that we need to know about. And it is up to us to make it better in the home. That's our job as leaders in the home. Not only that, but Joshua said that you must choose. You must choose. Choose you this day. Did you notice the urgency there? It said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Are you going to be like those that rejected faith in God? Are you going to surrender to the culture that you're in? What are you going to do? You need to make a choice uh, this day. And to some of us, he might be saying, if you're standing around on the edge trying to straddle the fence, it is time to get off of the fence and get back in God's corner and get serious with your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and your relationship with the family. You know, fathers, there's some statistics out there that are very scary. And that's the reason that we need better fathers. Listen to this. There's 18.4 million that was counted children in the last census with 25 million living in fatherless homes. 80%, 85% of the youth that is in prison comes from a fatherless home. 72% of adolescent murders come from adolescents that grew up in a fatherless home. 71% of high school dropouts came from a fatherless home. 60% of youth suicides came from a fatherless home. 
Billy Graham said this, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. I say amen to that, Reverend Graham. Oh, how we need godly fathers uh, who will step forward. And I thank you fathers out there that have done so. But I say to those that may not have today is the day to make a choice. Not tomorrow. Not later after you leave this service. But now. You know the reason why is because uh, if you put it off, uh, old Satan will begin to work uh, in that same heart uh, that the Holy Spirit is putting conviction on you and he will take away that conviction. And chances are if you leave and you quench that spirit that's there, you will not. You will not probably come back and make your decision. Now is the time to make that choice for the Lord. It needs to be a personal choice that you make, and you make it now for the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. The most important choice that you can make, fathers, for your family. Because he went on to say, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I want to ask you some questions this morning, Father. Fathers, have we made uh, that kind of commitment uh, in our own home? Does the family know where we stand and do they understand that we have made the decision that we're going to be a godly family, that we're going to follow God's holy word and we're going to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength and our neighbor as ourselves, and we're going to make a difference in the community that we live in and we're going to make a difference in the church that we live in. Our family is going to be a leader. In serving God. Dwight L. Moody said it this way. He said, those around you should know where you stand and how dedicated you are to the Lord, but especially your family ought to know. Fathers, you are the leader in your family. That means that you need to be teaching your family. You need to be the teacher in your family. I I am so glad that here at GNC that they have a youth program and they have a children's program and that's all well and good. I love it. But you know where the primary responsibility is for teaching? It's in the home. And it should come from both parents but especially from the father. Because the father 
is the head and the leader of the household. Teach your children. Deuteronomy 11 said it this way, Love the Lord your God and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws, and his commandments. Remember today that your children not the, were not the ones who saw and experienced uh, all of them. Went, and then he went through all of the things uh, that God had done for that people. And he said, your children don't know about this. And he went on down in verse 18 and said, teach them to your children. And then he went on to say again, teach them to your children diligently. <laughs> that means be consistent, be on time, and do it on a regular basis. In fact, in another scripture, he said, you know, you need to make this a normal part uh, of your household. <laughs> you need to put plaques on the wall. You need to put them on the doorposts. When you wake up, you need to have God and his ways on your heart. When you walk in the way, when you go to bed, in other words, he was saying, make it normal. I don't mean that you got to talk about spiritual things all day long. No, that's not what he was saying. But you do need to talk to your children and teach them on a regular basis. It needs to be a normal part of what you do in your home. You know what scares me in today's society is we've got so many things going on that I'm afraid that it takes away from family time. Really. I'm afraid that it does. God help us that we get back to good old family time when you sit around the table and you talk and you share with one another and you share your stories and you share your faith and you hug one another and you love on one another and you tell each other that God is the only way. We need to turn, return to that kind of environment in our countryside. You know, I, I never was much of a daredevil when I was growing up, but there are people who like to climb Mount Everest. <laughs> it's the highest mountain out there. And the dangerous winds and the frigid temperature is not the only thing that people face. They face the fact that the cause of the environment they might actually lose their oxygen level, which will go to the brain and cause them to be disoriented. So what they do is they hire, and I know I'm going to mispronounce his name, but sure was. Even the most experienced climbers will hire these Shawas because they've lived there for so long, they've become adapted study was done, and it found that they had come to adapted to the higher elevation, and they were needed in order to show the dangers of Mount Everest and to recognize when people were beginning to lose their proper orientation. They were there to make sure that the right equipment were used. They were there that make sure 
that the right nourishment that was needed uh, was carried. But not only that, they were there to point out uh, not only the dangers, but the beauty of that great mountain. Counting like fathers are today. You're there to make sure that everything goes right with your children and your family. You're there to make sure that their needs are met. You're there to make sure that you point out the dangers, but you're there to let them know that there is beauty in this world and that serving the Lord is the only way that they can find happiness and satisfaction in their life. You need to teach them. But not only that, you need to discipline your children. You know, discipline seems to have taken on a bad connotation in our world, but it's, it's part of everything we do. <laughs> I mean, you go to work, you got rules at work, and if you don't follow them, <laughs> you get disciplined. You drive down the road like Paul says he does. <laughs> Real fast, you, you might get disciplined <laughs> by getting pulled over and given a ticket. Sorry about that, Paul. <laughs> but discipline is a part of life. And discipline is done out of love. I'm going to tell you this story about my dad. You see, when I was growing up, I was a little rebellious, even though my mom and dad both were Christians and my dad tried to raise me right. And one time they went out of town for something. I don't even remember what it was. And I had some friends over to the house and, and we were drinking. Mom and dad came home and about two weeks later was riding down the road with my dad. And he said, son, he said, while we were gone and you had friends over, did y'all have alcohol there in the house? I thought, what am I going to do? And I thought, I got to tell him the truth. And I said, yes, dad, we did. The next question was, son, did you drink any alcohol, boy? Again, I paused, what am I going to do? I decided I would tell him the truth, and I said, yes, Dad, I drank the alcohol. He pulled the vehicle over to the side of the road, and I thought I was fixing to get the biggest whipping I had ever gotten in my life. Instead, he slumped over the vehicle, and he wept for a while. And then he looked at me and he said, Son, I love you. But you know the rules at our household. And you know that I love you enough to try to protect you from what is bad and what is wrong. Discipline your children because... If you don't, they might go the wrong way. 
Hebrews chapter 12 says this, the Lord disciplines the one he loves. <laughs> and I tell you, I'm glad the Lord disciplines me because I'm a little stubborn at times and I'd get on the wrong path and head in the wrong direction and end up in trouble. Not only that, but we need to love our children with such a great love, the love of Jesus Christ. They need it so badly. Again, I'm going to have to use my dad as an illustration. I was 57 years old. My mom and dad lived with us uh, for the last about five years of their life. Mother went on to be with the Lord first, and dad had dementia and probably was in the early stages of Alzheimer's. And we would have cottage prayer meetings over at our house, and we would go and pick up some of the people in assisted living and bring them over and serve refreshments and have cottage prayer meeting. And Dad sometimes didn't even know where he was, and he would see things, and he would usually just sit there as we sang songs and as we prayed at the end. But that night, Dad didn't just sit there. He sang the songs. And when it came time to pray, he prayed. And when I had closed the prayer and got up off of my knees and I looked, and here come Dad toward me. He threw his arms around me and hugged me, and he whispered in my ear, I'm glad you're my son. I'm proud of you, and I love you. We stood there and just embraced for quite a while. Friends, I'll tell you something. At 57 years old, that meant so much to me. I still remember it today when I need some encouragement. I hear my dad's word. I'm proud of you, son. I'm glad you're my son. And I love you. You know, there's the emperor penguin. The female penguin will lay an egg usually once a year. And then, ladies, you're going to love this. <laughs> the ladies will go off hunting. <laughs> and the male will take that egg and put it between its seat and stand there in the frigid cold for about 60 to 65 days and protect that egg so that that egg will hatch. Oh, you know, that impresses me. Dads, are we willing to make that kind of sacrifice for our family? Do we have that kind of love for God and the family? then we need to pray for our family on a regular basis. Pray for our family on a regular basis. Are we doing that? Yeah, I, I thought about, you know, girls are, they, they are not like us men and guys. They, uh, 
they want to be dressed just right. And I, I thought about this as an illustration, and I'm going to give it. Let's just suppose that you have a daughter, fathers, and that daughter comes home, and she's getting ready to maybe go out on the first date that you're letting her go out on or go to the prom, and she's so nervous, and she's concerned about what do I wear, and how am I going to look, and how do I do my hair, and, and we men are thinking, oh, but instead, what would be wrong, Dad, of going over and putting your arm around that young girl and saying, daughter, you're beautiful always. But you know what you do need to think about what you're going to wear and how you're going to do your hair? And let's take a time to pray and ask the Lord to help you in this situation. Folks, we need to pray about most everything. Because without him, we could do nothing. And lastly, we need to forgive the prodigal. Forgive the prodigal. Folks, I know how important that is because I was a prodigal for a while. Even though I was raised in a Christian home, I went my own way for a while. And I was 27 years old before I really got it settled right between me and the Lord, but I'll not forget it. I was coming from Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and I was driving down the road, and I, the Lord was dealing with my heart and laying on my heart about how much he loved me. My heavenly Father was reaching out to me with his arms of love, saying, come home, son. Come home. Come home. I love you. I'll forgive you. The conviction was such that I got off there, the interstate there in Nashville, and I found a church. I don't even remember what church it was, but services were already going on, and I went in, and the preacher was just getting up to preach, and the Lord was dealing with me, and I don't remember a word that that preacher said. I don't remember what his message was about, but I remember the impact of that spirit and my heavenly Father reaching out to me with arms of love. Father, don't forget if you have a prodigal, reach out like the heavenly Father to them. When the invitation was given, I raised down to the altar and settled it. And I tell you, it's been wonderful ever since. I was forgiven. All of my sins were put away in the past by my heavenly Father. And I went home to Rose Bloom, Mississippi after that and found out that my earthly father accepted me, the prodigal, with open arms also and loved me and let me know that all was well. Everything in the past was forgotten. I don't know where you are today.
in your relationship with the Lord and your relationship with your family. But fathers, I know this, the most important thing you can do for your family is trust the Lord Jesus Christ and give your life completely over to him and settle it that your family is going to be taught and kept and guided in the same direction. If you're not where you need to be today, now is the time. Choose you this day. Maybe you've strayed away. Maybe you were like me. You knew what was right, but you just went ahead and did wrong anyway. There's forgiveness this morning. I want us to do something maybe a little bit differently this morning, but I want you to stand with me. If you're with your family, I, I just ask you to gather together. You may want to hold hands. You may want to hug each other. You may want to even come down here at this altar of prayer together, but, but get with your family. Get with your father. And if you hadn't made a decision whether you're the father or the mother or, or a child, why don't you make that decision today to go with the Lord? And if you need somebody to pray with you, just raise your hand and someone will come and pray with you. But let's pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, you are our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, and we acknowledge you today. You've been so good to us. You loved us when we were so rebellious, and you lovingly forgave us of all of our sins. Father, we give you praise and glory today. And now, Heavenly Father, I pray for these earthly fathers that are here today. God bless them. Lord, I ask that you use them for your glory and to lead their family and to be a difference maker in their community and in their church and in this great nation that we live in. Father, I asked if there's a family member that doesn't know you this morning or a father that doesn't know you that they will pray the prayer of forgiveness and invite you into their lives and make that commitment that they're going to serve you no matter what this culture throws out at them, that they're going to be a difference maker and they're going to make a difference in the lives of their family. Father, bless this church and this people. For we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Gary. I appreciate you this morning preaching the truth to us. Amen. Preaching the truth with grace. And that's what God is all about. And I appreciate Brother Gary. I Sorry forgot to tell y'all 
uh, when I was introducing Brother Gary some some valuable information that you needed to know before he preached, and that was that he's from Mississippi. The Lord can forgive people of that, you know. And I've been in an environment where people needed interpreters all week long, and so I've learned a little bit. So if you want to know what the word chillin is, that, that's children <laughs> in American English. But it's Sherland in Mississippi. But I love Brother Gary. We go on with each other and we have a lot of fun. But he's a huge blessing. Again, Father's, happy Father's Day. I wish we could do something special for every single one of you. We used to. We used to buy these uh, little gifts to give to every father, you know, like a little package of uh, tiny screwdrivers that will fit on your uh, thing, a flashlight that would work about twice. Um <laughs> You know, we we gave out tire gauges one time, and uh, you know that mine didn't even work the first time, and so we decided just to do something nice and have a drawing for for one dad. And I, I know it's not fair, but uh, it's not rigged. I promise you uh, that it's not. And so the one father today uh, that gets a little extra special treatment uh, is a man that used to be my next door neighbor, Eric Wilson. Eric. God bless you, brother. Happy Father's Day to you. Again, before we go, just a reminder, next Sunday starts something very special for our district and in our church. Sunday morning at 1030, General Superintendent David Graves will be here to preach for us, and you do not want to miss it. One of the greatest ministers of the gospel that I've ever met in my life. He'll be leading our district assembly. Sunday evening will be the kickoff for our entire district as we come together at 5 o'clock, Crossroads Cowboy Church in El Paso. We're going to have a boots and jeans uh, worship service, and then we're going to have a rodeo following that. Uh, Young people are going to be entered into a rodeo. Hunter, one of my boys, actually bought a ball cap to wear next Sunday that says, actually, this is my first rodeo. And so uh, it won't be my first. I'm, I'm asking them if they, if they would to run a, a bucking horse in there so that uh, someone could uh, just uh, uh, maybe get on that and show these young kids how it used to be done and and uh, Bill Nelson's going to do that for us when we run that bucking horse in there. But don't forget about that. Let's forward dismiss. Let's go to, to our benediction this morning as we're dismissed together. Receive this blessing. Lord, let us go out into the world in peace and dedicated to your service. Let us hold tightly to that which is good, supporting the weak, helping the needy, and honoring all people. May the strength of God sustain us. May the power of God preserve us. May the hands of God protect us. May the way of God direct us. May the love of God go with us this day and forever. Amen. God bless you all. Happy Father's Day. Eric, you can pick up your gift at the Welcome Center.